Uh, Graham Couch, a great golfer, one of the best in the media, leads the media league board. Like his, his, uh, I think his handicap is like plus eight, even better than Tiger in his day at plus three. How you doing, Graham, from the Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Rube podcast? What's happening? I'm good. I do organize the the LSJ co-ed softball team. That's about as far as I go with my organizational skills. So yeah, I, I created I created that team a, a decade ago to try to meet my wife, who was in the newsroom. And a decade later, she no longer plays, but I'm still running the team. So there mm. you go. Yeah, I remember. It worked, though. It well, the only girls' softball team I ran, I was 21, and my buddy's wife said, "Hey, Bill, you know baseball, softball. Could you be our coach and run the team, handle practices and games, and then?" I started dating a good-looking second baseman who couldn't hit, but she batted leadoff in my lineup. And uh, the team, the team voted to throw me out four games in as a <laughs> as a slow pitch. By the way, as a slow pitch softball coach, I was shown the door by. I had one vote, and it was that same second baseman. The rest voted me out. No, you- you got to have integrity in your, your lineup decision. So 21. Hey, lineup, hey, you know what, Graham? Uh, send me an email on the list of your integrity at 21. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all want to compare notes on, yeah, uh, Bill, can you show us your integrity at the age of 21? Um, uh, can I get back to you on that? Give me about five years to build that resume up. <laughs> okay. And then we'll... There's no question. There's no question. I, I, uh, I, I once, when I'm working at the school newspaper, and, and I'll leave the college out just so people don't go find this story, but I, I once uh, hired a, a young woman to do a story on the Harlem Globetrotters because I was very attracted to her. And she was uh, she came back and did like a game story on the Globetrotters, who, who obviously win every game. Like there was no color or anything. They beat the generals, and they, they won the game. And uh, the yeah. The people at the school paper gave me a lot of grief for that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you're like, she goes, breaking news. The Globetrotters won another game. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. She, oh, she goes, it looked, and, 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 and her lead in her story was, it looked like the Washington Generals weren't even trying. <laughs> <laughs> I love those days, man. Being young and dumb, it was the best. All right, uh <laughs> What's the latest? I saw that Detroit News story about, you know, Title IX review, investigation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you got, they're looking for a school president. You have uh, the Mel Tucker situation. The transfer portal hasn't been overrun. Uh, the red shirts haven't uh, all lined up and asked for it. How, how would you, what's an update for a Michigan State fan listening anywhere uh, in Michigan right now? What is the latest on everything connected to MSU? Well, I think you're just you're entering a uh, sort of a new phase in a sense, but a really critical two month juncture for the future of the program. And you're, you're talking about, I mean, two months from today, they should have a coach in place, and well, they might even have a school, new school president in place. Although I'm, I'm tempted, uh, you know, I don't think that's that's as likely. Uh, but it's going to get interesting because, you know, will everybody be on the same page? Will um, how much interest there'll be? Will they be able to close on the candidate that that ultimately they want? And will the donors and the athletic director and the board all see you know see eye to eye on everything? Uh, if, at least for this, the purposes of getting the right candidate in. And then, meanwhile, you've got a season that's playing out, and you've got a, a, a team that is. I think 
to the credit of the team, really hung in there to this point. Now we'll see how long that continues, but the fact that only three guys to this point have entered the portal and, and left, um, I think, says something about these guys. Now, it also says there's been some good messaging in terms of they don't need to enter the portal now unless they're sure they want to leave because the portal will be open to them at the end of the season. I'm sure there will be lots of guys making decisions then. But I, I, am, I, I frankly thought there would be a lot more uh, a, a lot more distractions and a lot more guys jumping ship and that this would be a lot more chaotic for the team than it, than it has actually um, turned out to be to this point. So uh, six months from now, when we look at Michigan State from who the new president is, who the new head coach is, uh, what players remain? You mentioned only three so far in the transfer portal. How do you think everything will look? It's a great question. I mean, obviously they'll have a new coach, um, you know, and I think people need to get behind that new coach. And, and the, the real question is how many of these players they're able to, to keep, especially the, the, the best of the 2000. 22 and 23 recruiting classes where I think there's some considerable young talent. And, and if they can keep a lot of those guys, you know, then it's because those guys are going to grow into being the sort of upperclassmen and key guys in the program. And if you, if you keep a lot of those guys, this doesn't have to be so ugly. Um, but I, I do think, you know, they, they've got a lot to do. They've got to rebrand a, a, a new NIL collective. They've got to, they've got to coalesce in certain ways. Um, that, that they aren't right now. They've got to, you know, they've got to make sure they're all on the same page. Um, but uh, they're going to have a new coach, and people will be sort of high or not high on that coach, and, and they'll be in spring practice six months from now. And and um, you know, the, the problem they've got is that you know the the, the timing of all of this coincides with Michigan being at its absolute height, Ohio State still being very good, Penn State being as good as ever, you know. Oregon and, and Washington at highs coming into the league, USC coming into the league. Like it, it, it's not a time where the league allows you to um, to ease into things or to do a slow build and, and be competitive or to be a nine-win type program and, and, and have a whole lot of success just because it's so good. Now other people will slide and maneuver and not everybody will remain up top and all that stuff, but um, I think that's part of it too. I think what's happening now, what's leading to some of the extra angst it's just how good Michigan is, how good everybody is around them. Graham College, Couch of the Rube podcast, wherever you download podcasts, Lansing State Journal, opinion maker, solid uh, Twitter feed, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, the Urban Meyer, uh, is it a hope? Is it a dream? Is it real? I, I get students who are kids of... Buddies of mine saying Urban Meyer was spotted in Lansing. He's interviewed. It's message boards. It's Twitter. Tough to separate truth from fiction. How real is it for Urban Meyer as a candidate to replace Mel Tucker? I mean, I don't think it's completely unreal. Um, I, mean, I, I, I do know that they've, you know, sort of kicked the tires a little bit. I think there have been discussions and communications with him. Now, how much that is about him or other candidates, you know, where that is, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I still would put it unlikely he becomes the next coach. I still don't know that he's the right fit to be the next coach. Um, but I also understand the excitement. And, and there's some problematic things about Urban Meyer. Um, 
you know, and and the other thing is I I'm, I'm one who sort of thinks the, you know, the job is to find Urban Meyer 20 years ago. The job, I mean, my mother could hire Urban Meyer. Not I mean, I mean that would be an incredible story if she did. But what I mean is, he's a 60 year old guy that everybody knows. The job is to find, you know, Kalen DeBoer, who's now the coach at Washington. Everybody could have had him when he was at Fresno State. The job is to identify him at Fresno State. The job is to identify Urban Meyer when he's at Bowling Green, when he's at Utah, to understand that's when you've you've got somebody who's special. It's it's easy to identify the guy. Now, I also don't know that Urban Meyer's done as a coach and done as a winning coach, and he's won everywhere he's been in college football, so I get the allure. I think, and I don't think this, I know that, you know, some of the top donors really want him, and that's where a lot of this has begun. This isn't like fan driven. This is, you know, Ishbia St. Andre driven. And so they would like Urban Meyer. Um, whether the overall school would accept that, you know, I, I don't know. And how interested he is, I don't think Michigan State should grovel for him. I don't think, I think Urban Meyer's got to really want this. I think you have to strike the right tone. I think. You know, I mean, this is there was some stuff with him that's problematic at the way things ended at Ohio State, at a university that's dealing with a little of that same stuff now, different storylines. But you can't introduce him without there being an, an acknowledgement of that if if you were to go during, uh, go that route. So there there are things you'd have to do. Uh, but he is an out of work coach who's available, and you've got this long runway. So I get why that makes some sense to at least explore, to at least. Um, see if he has any interest, what that interest might be. And then, you know, and then also to, to pick his brain like you would, you know, anybody else about who he's worked with who might be good to pursue. Well, who would you say is the realistic list right now, just from your perspective, Grandma, names you know that are out there uh, to replace Tucker? Who, who would be one, two, and three? Realistic choices, it, not, not the dream list. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 hard to say though because it, it, it's so early in the uh, in the race. Like Mike Elko at Duke is somebody that uh, a couple weeks ago a lot of people were very interested. In. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he'd be probably a good fit given his ties and where he's been and, and what he's been able to do at, at Duke and what he's done at bigger programs. I think he would he would um, he would make sense to some degree. But I, I also think you have to. Uh, you have to let the interview do the work. The, the guy at Washington State, every time he talks, I think that's a that's a guy you want to have. He's got Midwest ties as well. But again, you got to let the interview do the work. And I, I really think that getting ahead, you know, we can all come up with lists and names, and, and because there are and there are no really candidates yet. That's the other thing. There are guys that they may be somewhat interested in, in, in looking at. But when a lot of these candidate lists first emerge, including from national reporters, that was all bull just from agents, you know, and that's the way that works in that game. And that's fine. And that's how they do their jobs, but it's not real. Um, and, and so they weren't at a point yet where anything was real. And I think when you look at the history of, of making that hire successfully or unsuccessfully, the, the best times have been when the interview really did the work. The Nick Saban interview in 1995 is legendary. The Mark D'Antonio interview is, is, is regarded as, is, is an obvious choice of this is the guy you're going to have. And let that speak to you. Let that work a little bit. There's obviously a lot of background work. Lots of people interview well who aren't great coaches. But there have been times where that interview has really set somebody apart and made people realize that was a fit for the school and for the job. And I think you, you have to let that play out. 
So when, uh, by what's the time frame that they need a new head football coach in East Lansing? Well, what would you, how would you set that date? Yeah, I mean, you really can't go much more than like a week after the season. They're not going to do it before the season. I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't think you'll see that. They'll respect, even if they were to make a move privately, and, and they're trying to do this as quiet as possible, you know, more so than even other times, even if they were to really have somebody in place um, a little before the end of the season, I don't think you'd, they, they would do everything they could not to have any movement on that until after that Friday night Thanksgiving weekend game against Penn State out of respect for the current coaches and players and, and all of that. But I, I think a week after that, you sort of got to have somebody. The only way you don't is if somehow you're waiting on somebody who's playing in a conference championship game or something like that. So maybe so maybe you're looking at 10 days after the finale tops, uh, but that's about as, 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 as late as you can go, I think. Graham Couch, Couch in the Room podcast, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal. Also, Graham Couch on Twitter, if I have to spell Couch. He's asked me privately not to have you follow him on Twitter. We have to spell C-O-U-C-H. Graham, thank you so much for the update on everything MSU. Anytime, Bill. Take care.